Hi everybody, how are you doing? How's your week been in lockdown? I bet you're really grateful that the weather's been good, especially the parents. Well, we're going to be beginning a new series now um, with the church called Journey to the Cross. And uh, we're on a journey, we're journeying into Easter week, and it is a crisis time, just like Easter week was a crisis time for Jesus. But right now, all around the world, We've got uncertainty, some people have fear, some people will not know what the future lies with the coronavirus. And yet as we look at the life of Jesus, all through his life, and especially in that Easter week, we see the calm and the serenity and the peace and the posture that he had despite the crisis, how he was continually focused on his Father's will. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing everything that was ahead of him and yet he prayed not my will but your will be done and as he carried the cross to Golgotha we see how he was focused on others he turned to the women who were crying for him and he said don't cry for me women cry for yourselves and then when he was hanging on the cross he said to the Roman he said to the Romans forgive them father they don't know what they're doing and to the dying man on the cross, this day you'll be with me in paradise. The ability to extend purpose, compassion, hope, focus on others, meet and minister into other people's needs. And yet he was the one who was dying on the cross as well. And then he turned to his mother and said, Mother, behold your son, son, behold your mother. And he was just making sure that his mum had somebody to look after her after he died. What a man. Jesus was amazing. And how amazing it would be if we could all live with that peace, security and calm and serenity, despite the difficult challenges and threats that are around us at any given moment in time. And it's so tempting to say to ourselves, well, I couldn't do that because, I mean, Jesus, I mean, he's God, he's divine, I'm not. It's, it's something Jesus could do, but I can't. But the Bible teaches us that Jesus didn't live life out of his divine privileges, out of his God nature. He lived life as a human being, and he learned to rely on the Holy Spirit as an example for us to show us how we can live and also, so he could identify with us as human beings, so he could help us in times of difficulty, challenge, and struggle. Paul says in the book of Philippians, Let us take on the mind of Christ, who did not consider equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. We're rightly blown away by Jesus' serenity and peace and calm. But he did it as an example to us. And he did it so he could help us do what he did and live like he lived. Hebrews says this, Because God's children 
are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. Only in this way could he set us free from lives that have been lived as slaves to the fear of dying. It was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Although Jesus was divine, he had to learn everything as a human being. He had to learn how to read and to speak. He had to learn how to walk like we have to as little children. He had to learn how to exercise faith and trust in God. He had to learn about his identity in God, that he was the Son of God, the Messiah. A time came when he would discover through the revelation of the Holy Spirit and scriptures that the Messiah had to suffer. He had to learn how to come to terms with that. He had to learn how to embrace that challenge and still remain focused on God and others and live in peace. We know that he'd come to terms with this probably by the age of 12 because when he went up to Jerusalem, you know the story, and Joseph and Mary were coming back from Jerusalem, they'd lost Jesus. So they went back and they found him in the temple. And uh, when they found him in the temple, Jesus says to his mum and dad, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he'd spoken to them about. At 12 years old, he knew that he was the Son of God. He knew he was the Son of the Father. He knew he was the Messiah. And he'd already come to terms with the will and the purposes of God for his life, which would include his suffering. And yet he managed to come to terms with that and retain his peace and calm. He'd learned obedience. He'd learned trust. He was learned how to live in peace. He learned how to stay calm under pressure. And so I'd like to share with you three thoughts from the life of Jesus that we can copy and follow so that we can become people of peace, keep our calm and live life to the full as Jesus did, no matter what the circumstances are, because he overcome. He said, in this world you'll have trouble. Don't worry. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. I have overcome the world. And he's overcome all of that stuff so that we can overcome too. So here's three thoughts. First thing, know God is your Father and wholly and completely surrender your life to his will and his business for your life. This is what Jesus did. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but your will be done. In that moment, he was feeling the immense pressure of what was before him. So much that it says that he sweated, as it were, drops of blood. We know that young men in the First World War would perspire, so to speak, drops of blood before they went up from the trenches to certain death. It was because of the pressure that they were under. Jesus was under such pressure. And yet when he prayed that prayer, not my will, 
but your will be done. When he reasserted his surrender to the will of the Father, despite the pressure, we see him come through on the other side, calm, centred, at peace. He said to his disciples, wake up, my hour has come. And from that moment in time, despite the enormous pressure and challenge that he was under, he kept his head, he thought of others, he focused on God, and he had it all together. The secret for Jesus was surrendering totally to the will and the purposes of God in each given circumstance. This is a secret to capture peace and not allow fear to possess us. The second thing I want to encourage us about is this, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What was the difference between Peter's denial and the disciples fleeing and in Acts chapter 2 when we see them standing up boldly together proclaiming God's word in the front of the Jerusalem crowd that shouted that Jesus should be crucified before Pilate. Why was there such a difference between fear and flight and boldness and standing? It was because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had come in the upper room, they were filled, and within moments they had possessed boldness and calm. Paul says, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. One of the benefits is this, as he says to Timothy, you have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The more of the, more of the Holy Spirit we have, the less fear we will experience. I want to encourage you to be filled with the Holy Spirit regularly. Ask him all the time. Pray all the time. Do what Paul did. Be anxious for nothing. Don't let your hearts be troubled. In everything, with prayers, petitions, make your requests known to God and the peace of Christ will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. A peace that you don't need to have everything figured out or worked out to possess. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about your next bill. Don't worry about your business. Take good care over your health. Be careful, but don't worry about it. We don't have to have it figured out to live in peace. And this leads me to my next final point. Focus on God's future for you, his good future, his wonderful plan and his wonderful purpose. He says, I know the plans I have for you. They're to bless you. They're for your good. I want to be good to you. I want to secure a good future for you. And even the most challenging crisis doesn't rob us of this, for it says, all things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. As we yield to his will, as we yield to his purpose, as we love him, he makes everything work out for our good. And you know what? Even the, if the worst things should happen, it would be the very best thing that could happen. Paul says to the Philippian church, when he's speaking from a jail, He's going to face Caesar, and he knows, really, that it's almost certain death. 
And this is what he says. For me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go to be with Christ, which would be better for me. But for your sake, it's better that I continue to live. Many of you will have read the book Imagine Heaven that talks about the incredible better future that God has for every single person. Every single person who has faith in Christ. You have a better future. And you can imagine the heaven that is waiting for us, the reception, the love, the joy, the peace, the perfection, the wonder, the thrill. Read the book if you haven't. It's absolutely amazing the things that God has prepared for us who love him. You can get it on Amazon. You can get an audio copy on Amazon. It's a great read and it will put peace in your heart and it will take away the fear of the future. We can live in peace in an uncertain future. We can live in calm in times of threat and challenge. Jesus did it. He did it to show us how to do it. And he did it so he can help us that we can do it. So I'd like us now just to take a few moments to open up our hands and maybe just hold them out before God and to pray that the Holy Spirit will fill us, that he will fill you with his presence and with his power. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. And thank you that you want to give us the same peace that you gave Jesus Christ. You want to take the security of the Father, the love of the Father, the confidence of the Father, the serenity and posture and poise of the Father, and reveal it to us and deposit it into our hearts now. Come Holy Spirit. Fill our hearts with peace. Reveal to us and remind us that you are with us. That you make everything work together for good. That you have a wonderful future that you have prepared for us. And nothing can take it away. It's established. We can be secure in our tomorrow and our tomorrows. Thank you that we don't have to be anxious or worry, but seek first your kingdom. You will meet us at every point in need and you will walk with us. And help us, Holy Spirit, to learn how to live in peace to learn how to rest in security. And I pray that you will calm every troubled soul, every anxious mind. And I pray your blessing of peace and love and goodness and favour upon every person in every home 
in every relationship and in every family today who are listening to this small talk. I release your presence now to them and may your blessing and favour rest upon them today and every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, look forward to catching up with you whenever I can. It's a... It's uh, strange times, but uh, God's good and uh, God bless you. Take care. Have a great day.